Hello and welcome to the Reboot Podcast. My name is Dr. Beth Gracie. I am a pharmacist. I am a certified health nutrition and fitness coach, and I look to help you feed what's hungry, mind, body, and belly. In this podcast, we are going to examine things that are physical and mental health in nature. We're going to look at all the things that support the goals that you have for your individual body and find simple solutions that work within your lifestyle. I look forward to getting to know you and welcome to the podcast. And good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Um, today, today is kind of a double duty, double duty episode. Um, I am talking with you, but I also am recording for my podcast. So if you haven't checked it out already, the Reboot Podcast is available on Spotify. It's available on Amazon Music. Um, it's on Apple Podcast. And coming up on Friday with the release of the Reboot Fitness app, you can have access to all of the podcasts right through that app. So more details to come on that. Um, but as you guys are logging on, do what we do. Give me that live. Give me a little wave so I can acknowledge you and say good morning. Good morning, Sam. Um, and if you are catching up later, toss in that hashtag replay. And then I know who's here, who saw what, who to respond to with questions. And let's let's get going. So today what I want to talk about is the connection between food and mood. And this is a topic that I could go on for hours about. I will not do that today. I'm going to keep it super short, but what we're going to talk about is that connection between what happens when you eat food and what happens when we digest that and where those nutrients go and how that affects specifically anxiety and depression. So the reason why I want to talk about this now, um, one is because as soon as our hormones start shifting, so does our serotonin, so does our stress hormones, so does our mood, right? Like that's a huge piece of you know, that whole perimenopause, like hysteria, if you will, um, because we just don't feel right. And, you know, the main, the main demographic for people who are starting on SSRIs, so serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, so things like Prozac, Soloft, um, those type of medications, the biggest demographic between 40 and 60 that's where the most of those medications are prescribed to women. So think about what's going on in our lives during that time. And we've got some shifts of a lot of things, but our mood is definitely one of them. We tend to get a bit more depressed. We tend to get quite quite a lot more anxious. And there are things that we can do that are non-medication ways to to manage that. And what I really want to what I really want to just kind of drop this, drop this out into the universe, and we'll talk again a lot more about this in, in weeks to come, but it's not just what we eat and how it affects us. It's our inflammation and how that affects us. So last week we talked about that parasympathetic nervous system, right? We did a little breathing exercise, you know, hand on your heart, hand on your belly, and we were working on like simple, tiny little ways that we can start to calm our bodies back down, ways that we can activate that parasympathetic nervous system. And the reason why we're doing that is that's our vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve, biggest nerve in our body goes from the base of our brain all the way down into our pelvis. And it's got branches that affect tons and tons and tons of different body systems because that's the thing that calms us down. It takes us off of that stress ledge. Food can do this too. There are tons of vagus nerve receptors in our stomachs and there's tons of little branches off of this nerve and a lot of them are in our gut so what i want to focus on are three different places where that vagus nerve infiltrates our gut and 
these are things that stimulate this vagus nerve. So if we're stimulating our vagus nerve, we're activating it, which means we're activating that like rest and digest, that calm place, um, that calm system in our body. We're activating the thing that is calming us down, right? And that's what we want when we've got too much stress, too much inflammation, and all the cascade of things that happen when we have those things going on. So those three, those three little stimulating places, places of that nerve, they're stimulated by sugar, they're stimulated by omega-3 fatty acids, and they're stimulated by amino acids. So they're stimulated by protein, stimulated by omega-3 fatty acids. Guess what we've been talking about in terms of inflammation, in terms of nutrients that we really should be tracking, right? We talked about nutrients that we could track. Those are really important ones. Turns out they're also really important ones that help our bodies to relax. So here's something that's kind of crazy. When we have gut inflammation, when we have tons of things that come into our bodies that can degrade our gut lining, those little nerve pieces, those little nerve endings also get degraded. And so if we have a ton of gut inflammation, if we have a ton of gut lining issues, if we have, you know, a dysbiosis bacterial, bacterial imbalances in our bellies, it actually erodes those receptors, those, those places where that tri, trigeminal, <laughs> that's up here, um, <laughs> places where that vagus nerve becomes activated. So here's what I want you to think about. Do we have gut health issues? If we do, it's going to cause some troubles. But... The other thing that is important about this particular nerve stimulation is we get dopamine release when we have these nerves activated. Dopamine makes us happy. Dopamine makes us crave things. And when we receive dopamine, we immediately want to do the thing or eat the thing that gave us dopamine again. We can stimulate dopamine release by omega-3 fatty acids, by eating avocados, right? Like guacamole can make you happy. <laughs> guacamole makes me happy. <laughs> but that's super important when we think about the types of foods we're putting into our body. It's more than just sugar, right? Sugar makes us happy, sure, but sugar also has these other consequences. But it's a real fast way, it's a really fast way that our bodies get that kind of pleasure and craving thing. So if we're thinking about food cravings, we can train our bodies to crave protein. We can train our bodies to crave omega-3 fatty acids by having good gut health. The other piece of gut health is there's about 90 to 95% of our serotonin. Serotonin is our like happy neurotransmitter that's produced in our gut. If we don't have a happy belly, we literally don't have the chemical. We don't have the neurotransmitter that makes us happy. Tons of things we can do about that, but it starts in your belly. It starts in your belly. So we have to have a good bacterial balance, right? If we don't have a good bacterial balance, we're going to start to crave the things that feed the bacteria. A lot of times what that is, is sugars, right? Sugars, yeast, think of the things that have sugar and yeast, right? Tons of breads and cookies and muffins and like baked goods and pasta, right? And a lot of times that comes from, it. you know, it can come from like a comfort food thing, but it also can just straight up come from the bacteria in our gut that's like, oh, you should have this because I want this. So if we're looking at what that balance is, we can feed the thing that's truly hungry, right? And that's, you know, kind of the basis of what I do. What is it that we're feeding? Are we feeding good bacteria? Are we feeding the bad bacteria? Are we feeding ourselves for energy? Are we feeding ourselves for comfort, for anger, for grief, for whatever? But if we're looking specifically at mood, 
if we can keep our bellies nice and happy, then our serotonin can actually be produced as it, <coughs> excuse me, our serotonin can be produced as it's supposed to, go to the places where it's supposed to, and be utilized the way that it's supposed to. So if we can do that by limiting the things that come into our bodies that can trigger inflammation, if we can limit the things that come into our bodies that can degrade that gut lining, we have a way better chance at managing our mood from a nutritious perspective, right? And I'm not saying you can't ever have these things. That's never where I come from. I always come from the place of you are a grown up, And when you have information, you can take those pieces that make the most sense for your body. Big things that can degrade gut lining, sugar, <laughs> stress, um, alcohol, gluten is a big one, dairy is a big one. So there's tons and tons of things. Again, I'm not saying you can't ever have these things, but it is a good place to sit and kind of evaluate where do I have these things in my world and how do I feel after I eat them? How do I feel after I eat salmon? How do I feel after I eat cookies? How do I feel after I drink a glass of wine? How do I feel before, during, after? And it makes a huge difference when we can start to pay attention to not just how we physically feel, but how it affects us emotionally, how it affects whether or not that vagus nerve is active or not. You know, do you get really anxious the morning after you have a couple of glasses of wine? Do you get really sad or anxious after you have a bunch of sugar, right? It's almost Halloween. The sun is not up, <laughs> you know, and those types of things definitely affect our, our mood as well. So if we've got kind of all these different, you know, that's what we talked about last week is how do we do this when the stressors don't stop? Well, this is a way that we can do that. This is a thing that we are in, we are in control of. We are in control of what we put into our bodies. So we can decide, are we going to put the things that are going to temporarily spike our dopamine because that's sugar and five seconds later, we're going to want more because that feeling is gone, right? Good feeling gone. <laughs> like, sorry, that's what happens. My brain works sometimes in like song lyrics and movie lines. So welcome finding Nemo on, on a Wednesday morning. But you see what I'm saying? If we can control and we can know, I'm going to feel a lot better if I take care of my belly. I'm going to feel a lot better if I have some protein rather than just carbohydrates. I'm going to feel a lot better. I'm going to not have as much pain. I'm going to not feel as bloated. I'm going to not have no energy and tons of fatigue if the things that I put into my body keep my belly and my body happy. Again, huge topic, huge, huge, huge. But that's my drop in the bucket of how we're going to continue to talk about these things. I'm going to talk a lot more about serotonin and gut health um, in some future episodes. Um, I have a little serotonin boosting cheat sheet that I will pop right into the comments. Um, if you are on the podcast, I'll pop it right into the description um, so you can have that, that serotonin booster um, available to you today. And any questions, any comments, do not hesitate, pop them right in here. And as always, I will get back to you with that answer. If you want to dive in even more, if you would like to have some deeper support around your gut health, tons of ways that we can do that. We can schedule a pre-consult, we can do a case review, um, and I have a specific gut health program that is a three-month program. We do a biome test, we go through all of that, and then I take that information and we work together to map out what types of foods we can build into your world things that we should increase, things that we can limit specifically to your body so that you can limit that inflammation, boost your mood, and get a lot closer to the places that you want to be with your health and fitness. So thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with me, and I will see you all soon. Bye, friends.